Hi, this is Jonah Trebowasser, and welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week, we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world, people sharing ways to improve your life. And today, my very special guests are Dr. Jeffrey Fox and Sarita Moraro of the Abilities First organization, and we'll be finding out what they do with that wonderful organization right after these important messages. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. My name's Jonah Trebowas, and my co-host Sarah O'Connell's away today, but I am privileged to have in the studio with me two wonderful people, Dr. Jeffrey Fox, the Executive Director of Abilities First. Good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning. And uh, the Director of Development for Abilities First, Serena Marrero. And uh, good morning, Serena. Good morning, Jonah. And thanks for having us here today. It's our pleasure, really. And tell us, what is Abilities First? Okay, well, Abilities First is a nonprofit organization. We provide support services to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, uh, mostly in Dutchess County, but throughout mm-hmm. the Hudson Valley region. Um, our, uh, our specialization is that we really don't have a specialization. We we serve people of all ages, all sizes, all kinds of different needs, um, varying kinds of uh, developmental disabilities, neurological disorders. Um, and we have preschool services for young children. We have school age services for kids 5 to 21. We run residential services for adults, um, adult day services, transportation, uh, lots of different kinds of things. Our, our, uh, our mission is to really provide any kind of support service that a person with developmental disabilities needs. Well, you know, I remember uh, the bad old days when Mm -hmm. uh, people with developmental disabilities, um, first of all, were referred to as being retarded, which is a very unfortunate term. But also, they were warehoused in in places like the Wasaic State School um, in in Amenia. And um, there's a whole different uh, viewpoint on that. Isn't that true, Serena? Yeah. Yes, it absolutely is. We've come a long ways um, as uh, as a country to bring more respect and dignity to people with disabilities and that's not to say that all our work is done but we um, we at Abilities First certainly try our best every day to give people with disabilities every opportunity that is afforded to them. Let's let's get mm-hmm. more focused on what disabilities is that uh, Dr. Jeffrey Fox, you at Abilities First mm-hmm. and your staff, what, what, what it is that you treat. Uh, I mean we've yep. had people here on Radio Roadie talking about autism, yes. about spectrum disorders. Yep. Um, what exactly are we talking about as far as uh, the kind of uh, uh, clients that you have? Well, in order to qualify for our services, um, you have to meet the the uh, state's definition for a developmental disability. And that's, uh, that's done by measuring IQ. Um, so that has to be um, at a certain level and also adaptive skills. Now, um, we do serve many people with autism spectrum disorders. We also serve quite a few people with varying kinds of other disabilities, Down syndrome, um, 
you know, there, there is, the term used to be mental retardation. Right. Now it's intellectual disability, mm-hmm. which is which was much more which is much more respectful term right. to use. Right. Um, but again, you know, we we do not. There's a lot of other organizations out there that serve kind of a niche population. Say the only only the autism population, or only the Down syndrome population, or only children, or only adults. And I was right. fascinated to hear that you yeah. go the whole spectrum of age. We have a very wide breadth of services, not just in right. terms of who we serve. We'll serve anybody, and I believe we do it just as well. As, as the other organizations that might um, serve a niche population. Mm-hmm. But um, we also have a very wide breadth of kinds, of kinds of services. You know, some places may just do residential services or just school services. And um, we, uh, we do all of, the, all of those things. Well, uh, our guests today are Dr. Jeffrey Fox of Abilities First. He's the executive mm-hmm. director. It's uh, an organization that they say enriches the lives of people with disabilities. And um, also... Serena Marrero, Director of Development. And let's talk a minute to Serena about um, what kind of services we get to get very specific. What's the average day like at Abilities First? First of all, where's your, where's your facility located? Well, we our administrative offices are located at 70 Over Rocker Road in Poughkeepsie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we then we have about uh, 30 different facilities all wow. over, if you include our the sites for our preschool, our school, which uh, is in Wappingers Falls. But we also have three classrooms in the Red Hook School District. District. We have uh, nine dayhab uh, programs or, or, or neighborhood centers, as we call them, throughout right. the county. And then we have a number of uh, residential uh, homes as well as supportive apartment situations. So we, we're, we're all over the place. So you weren't <laughs> kidding when you talked about a wide breadth of, uh, of facilities. Absolutely. You, you, you interest me when you say you have classrooms in Red Hook. I happen to live in Red Hook, and I'm a member of the Red Hook Rotary. Mm-hmm. So you have classrooms in the elementary school, the Mill Road Elementary school yes we, there is uh, yeah, dr. Fox there they are they're they're what are known as integrated school classrooms so okay we provide the service we uh, we hire and um, provide the staff members the teachers and teacher aides and assistants who work in the classrooms but we have one classroom in the the uh, Mill Road Elementary School and we All have right. one in the middle school and one in the high school fabulous yeah fabulous mm-hmm. now um, you know I've done uh, I'm an attorney by, by trade when I'm mm-hmm. not being a radio star and I've done lawyer in the classroom things of that nature Mm-hmm. Uh, at all levels. And I know there was one time that there was a, uh, a push on uh, for uh, full integration. That if someone yes. had some emotional disturbance mm-hmm. or some intellectual uh, handicap or, or disability, they tried and ma- mainstream them in with the other kids. And th- in one of the classes I taught, there was a young man who had some sort of uh, mm-hmm. medical issue. Yep. And he became kind of frightened and upset and yeah. started to wail about and seemed pretty much disrupted the entire class. Yeah. Uh, what's the current thinking about that kind of uh, situation yeah that um there there's that's a great question there there really is still a great push for integrated uh school services but in a you know to answer that in a more global level um the the federal government and state governments are pushing for full implementation of the olmstead decision this was a supreme court decision right um that that basically says we it's against the law it's unconstitutional to um uh, to, to serve people with developmental disabilities or any kind of disability in a setting that's more restrictive than is necessary for them. So um, people that get services in our agency, for the most part, are not integrated with um, with same-age peers in, in school classrooms. Right. Um, but these are folks who, for one reason or another, are not at the level at this point 
uh, that they can function in those in those classrooms. So there still is a need uh, for separate kinds of school services like ours. But um, the school districts are working all the time to try to find out ways to 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 keep kids in district, to keep kids in included classroom settings, and we support we support those efforts. In fact. Many times, a uh, school district will refer a student to our school, and after working with this student for um, you know however however long it takes, they may go back to the district and go back to an included classroom after they've made enough progress to well, do so. That's terrific. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Serena Marrero, director of development of Abilities First. Um, you know, w- when people have ha- interacted with people with developmental disabilities, again, this may be a kind of an old-fashioned way of describing things, but they talked about those that were high-functioning and those that were low-functioning, uh, people that you could actually talk to and perhaps uh, work in something called a sheltered workshop. Um, you do handle adults, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. And do you have some kind of employment uh, situation? And, and tell us also about the the uh, group homes where they get to you know do their cooking and, and, and the, the daily chores of life. Uh, yes, well, our Employment Services Division has a number of different programs. Um, we have we have a program where uh, let me, I have my numbers here in front of me. Sure. Uh, our we this year we have placed sixty people in employment in the community, which is always, of course, our our highest goal to to actually ha- allow people with disabilities to have jobs and maintain uh, their their employment so that they have a a high level of um, of quality of life. You know, mm-hmm. all of us want to be able to support ourselves and feel good. We feel it makes us feel good to be able to do so. So that's that's the uh, that's what we hope to have as many people do as possible. And what kind of jobs are we talking about? Some of our people are employed at Bard College and Marist College, and they uh, work in the cafeteria. Uh-huh. Uh, they handle um, you know they work within the food service there and in the dish room. Uh, we have people that work at Shoprite and Hannaford's, and uh, they help with the um, inventory and, the, and bagging groceries and that sort of thing. It's really individual, based on what their level of ability is and what 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 their desire is to work. Well, that's terrific. Yeah. You, know, you spoke about ability, and we will find out more about abilities first in uh, the second half of our program. But first, let me remind our listeners: they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at RadioRotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebowasser. And my guests today are two wonderful people from the organization known as Abilities First, Dr. Jeffrey Fox, the executive director, and Serena Marrero, the director of development. And Radio Rotary is brought to you this week by JGS, your essential partner for all of your accounting and business consulting needs. Call them at 845-692-9500. By Salisbury Bank and Trust, your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at salisburybank.com. And by the Rotary Clubs of Nanuet, Newburgh, New Paltz, and Patterson. And we'll be back with more of Radio Rotary after these important messages. Salisbury Bank and Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With locations throughout the tri-state region in Dutchess County, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community. Making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Check us out at SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. 
Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel. CPAPC is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845-692-9500 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. Welcome back to this edition of Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host Sarah O'Connell is away today, but I have the pleasure of having with me in the studio two marvelous people from an organization known as Abilities First. Their uh, motto, enriching the lives of people with disabilities, and that's Dr. Jeffrey Fox, the executive director, and Miss Serena Marrero, the director of development. And uh, let's find out a little bit about the two of you. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk with uh, Serena. How did you get involved? How did you get interested in working with people with developmental disabilities? What's your background? Well, my background is actually in uh, fundraising. Uh-huh. So that was really what led me to that. Um, I I've certainly have always had a passion for uh, vulner- the vulnerable populations that are a part of our you know, just being human, and um, people with disabilities have have always been a, an area of our population that I've always had a concern for. And I was fortunate enough to find a job with Abilities First about seven years ago to help with the the fundraising portion and the marketing of the organization. Well, you have to be a very special person to do what you do, and oh, uh, we're so delighted you. to have you this morning thank on Radio you. Rotary. And Dr. Jeffrey Fox, um, you're not a medical doctor; you're a, a doctor of philosophy, psychologist. Yes. All right. So that's yeah. sort of a natural into why and how you could work with people with developmental disabilities? Yes, um, but I'll, I'll tell you that um, I grew up in a, in a town in the Finger Lakes area of New York State called uh, okay. Newark. All right. Newark, New Jersey, Newark, New York. Right. And uh, in this uh, in this town of Newark, there was one of the old style developmental centers, very much like Wasaic here. Right. And uh, the the home I grew up in was about a quarter of a mile away from that that campus. And both of my my parents worked on on the campus, so I, I became exposed to um, you know this population at a very early age, and I, I feel like it, it became. Uh, very ingrained in my development, you know. When I didn't always expect to you know, be a professional in this field when I when I grew up, um, but I realized after a while that it was just something in my blood, and um, so I've committed my life to it. And uh, it's a it's a wonderful career, and I get a lot of feedback and reinforcement from the work that I do every day. You spoke about the fact that your parents were working in a local institution there, and mm-hmm. um, in the old days, uh, people with developmental disabilities were institutionalized, as you say. The, we had the West Developmental Center, mm-hmm. which used to be called the Wasaic State School. Uh, they had the Willowbrook State School down in Staten Island, which uh, you know was uh, became infamous because of its conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did we start shifting away from warehousing people and forgetting about them, getting them out of sight and out of mind, to incorporating them and uh, integrating them in society the way you do in your wonderful work at Abilities First? Yeah, um, it, it was it was uh, the first phase of deinstitutionalization happened in the 1980s. Um, people began to, to move out of institutional settings into what were called community residences. And that, uh, that, that phase in our development of services for this population uh, lasted about uh, 20, 30 years. In the 1990s, we saw group homes 
popping up everywhere. There was there was a uh, uh, seemed like a never ending source of funding for new new uh, group homes. Let's explain to the folks at home yeah. what a group home it might be. Uh, a group home is a is a home. Uh, purchased by an organization like ours. Um, there are a lot of them across the state. And it's indistinguishable from any other home in a community. But uh, there may be two, three, four, five, six people with intellectual and developmental disabilities living in that home with uh, 24-hour supports mm-hmm. uh, from staff members. So they do, do as much of daily living uh, uh, events yes. like cooking and yep. cleaning and yes. hanging up their clothes the way I'm supposed to. My wife constantly yells at me. But yes. with some supervision and guidance? With supervision and support from trained staff members. That's terrific. From from an organization like ours. But of course, now the um, th- those, those group home arrangements uh, will probably exist for the foreseeable future right but I think what uh, what the community needs to understand and of course parents of, of kids with uh, disabilities who are coming up in the system now is that the 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 next phase is to move away from what's known as these bricks and mortar kinds of, of programs so if a person is capable of um, of having more natural support systems, working in the community, renting their own apartment, uh, having friends that they can rely on and family members for transportation and other kinds of help like that. Um, we'll see the system supporting them in those ways through rent subsidies, through uh, help with transportation to and from work, those kinds of things, rather than going into a group a group home setting. You know, um, Serena mentioned uh, in the first half of our show that, um, you know, there, there are folks that uh, are, for want of a better word, and I know this is probably a poor way of putting it, high-functioning. Mm. They can talk. They can work. She mentioned some of the great places they work, Hannaford and Bard College and the cafeteria at Marist College. Yep. Um, I happen to know a young man, lovely young man, uh, who has some developmental disabilities, mm-hmm. very mild, works as a veterinary assistant, mm-hmm. but is is pretty hopeless when it comes to checkbooks and his own finances and is so friendly and so sweet that mm-hmm. the parents are concerned that after they're gone and they're... Now, you know, I would guess in their 60s and he's in his uh, Mm -hmm. late 20s that who's going to watch for him? Who's going to who's going to watch out for his finances? He can do everything else. But just the finances are are, are a problem. Is there something uh, that uh, you folks do for that? Uh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, that story is not uncommon at all. You know, there are people who right. are, have so many capabilities, but, you know, they can be uh, vulnerable in many ways. And um, we provide we provide a, a number of different services that can help people in those in those situations. We provide service coordination where uh, a case manager, somebody who has a social work background, um, would, would try to help that person identify what their needs are and what kinds of supports they need, stay in touch with them, find out how their lives are going and what they might need. We also provide financial management uh, resources for, for people, um, helping them to budget, manage their budget. Um, we provide community habilitation, which is a, a service where we provide us a, a trained staff member who may go out into the community and help that person learn things that they might need to learn, like how to take public transportation, how to how to um, uh, pay their bills, and anything. So we identify what their needs are and kind of craft a a system of supports around them. Uh, so their their individual particular needs are met because we know through our work that every individual is unique. Their skills are unique and their needs are unique. And uh, yeah. Well, that's terrific. Um, mm-hmm. 
Serena Marrero, uh, mm-hmm. Director of Development. I understand you have a big event coming up. Tell us about ah, it. Yes, we do. <laughs> that is our gala. We have it every year in the spring, Abilities First Gala. And um, we have an amazing committee of volunteers that have a great time putting this together. Our theme, well, first let me give you the date. The, the date is April 11th, okay. 2014. And it will be at the uh, Grand View in Poughkeepsie. A lovely place. It is and a lovely folks, place. The oh. food's great. They t- they, the food is wonderful, presentation's wonderful, and uh, they take very good care of us and our guests. Theme this year is is uh, April in Paris. Okay. So we're having a great fun, a great great time with that theme. Um, the Michael Dell Orchestra will be playing. We'll have a silent auction, and we'll we'll be giving out some awards yet to be announced. Is that right? Well, you know what? I'll put on my tux. Yeah. I'll have Sarah wear a gown and oh, put on great. our dancing shoes. We'll be there. Oh, good. So give us the details again. And how do people get in touch with you if they want to go to the gala or Dr. Fox if they if they have someone at home? who may need your kind of services. How do folks get in touch with you? Mm-hmm. Well, our website is abilitiesfirstny.org, and our phone number is 845-485-9803. And uh, you can find just about any information you need on our website. We also have a Facebook page, Abilities First NY. So that would be a, a very quick and easy way to, to get most of the information you need for us. Um, and uh, and we hope that we'll hear from everyone. That's fabulous. <laughs> and folks at home, get a pen and paper because we'll repeat that before the close of the show. Dr. Jeffrey Fox, Executive Director of Abilities First, I'm sure among the tens of thousands of listeners who are uh, hanging on our every word, or at least certainly your every word because you're a great expert in this field, are people who have just been told that their child has a developmental disability. Mm. Um, They're probably upset. They're probably confused. They're probably worried. Mm -hmm. What message do you have for them about the future of their child? I would say first that... uh Life is not over, that there are very many, many, many people with developmental disabilities living full, rich, wonderful lives um, as children and adults, um, often with supports that they may need for the rest of their lives. But organizations like ours exist, and that's what we're here for. So if if a parent is... Um, is struggling to understand their their child's disability or in need of certain supports, even if it's just guidance to help them link with different kinds of services in the community, then please give us a call and we'll do what we can to help. Now, just to be sure we understand, uh, do you have... Mm -hmm. Uh, commuter services, will they, can they bring to uh, a kid to your facility by school bus, or you must be residential? I know you said that you had mm-hmm. classrooms in the Red Hook school system, but what, yeah. where else do you have the, facilities uh, in the few minutes we have left? Yeah. Our, our main school site is in, the, is in Poughkeepsie, um, and so our other, our other school programs are in Red Hook. Uh, but the way, the way that it works is that the child's home school district, wherever their school district is, will bus them to our school. So if a, if a child lives in Beacon, Beacon will uh, Beacon School District will bus the kids to our school, and at the, every other it, that's the way it works in every school district. So, and Serena, invite everybody to that gala again and give your contact information. Yes, so please do come to our gala, uh, Abilities First Gala at at the Grand View in Poughkeepsie, April eleventh, two thousand fourteen, and go to our website, Abilities First NY.org. You can register there, and you can find pretty much any information that you need about our services as well. 
Dr. Jeffrey Fox, Executive Director of Abilities First, and Serena Marrero, uh, the Director of Development. Thank you for everything you do for people with developmental disabilities. And thanks so much for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. Thank you so much. much. And thanks to your listeners. It was our pleasure. And our thanks also to JGS and Salisbury Bank for sponsoring us, as well as the Rotary Clubs of Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie Arlington, Red Hook, and Rhinebeck. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell, who will be back next week, our producer Sue Naglary, and our executive engineer, Mr. Jay Verzi. This is Jonah Trebowasser thanking you for for tuning in and inviting you to join us again this same time next week for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org. Hudson Valley Rotarians invite you to support Shelterbox USA as they provide disaster relief aid for victims around the world. Shelterbox disaster response teams are on site assessing people's needs and ensuring that your invaluable support goes directly to those who need it most. For more information and to donate, go to ShelterboxUSA.org. That's ShelterboxUSA.org.